Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a lovely show for you today. Um, well, first, I'm here with my co-host, Ta-da. Beth. Hi, everyone. <laughs> welcome, Beth. Well, Beth, tell people who you are. Uh, my name is Beth Pelletieri and I'm a life coach and I've been having a little fun playing on this show with Caroline and um, yeah, and just thinking about different healers in the area and also some of what we bring to healing and um, can I pitch our, our Christmas show? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tell people what we have coming up. So, well, well first, I just want to say that you're you're my co-host once a month. You're yes. dipping your toes in. I'm slowly luring Beth into the world of radio. <laughs> so she she's being responsible and respecting her boundaries and not doing a weekly show with me. So um, so people will be able to really hear more and more of you as as time goes on. Yes, as, thank as a you. as a sister voice on the radio. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yes, and thank you for sharing this beautiful space with me. It's been really fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And so for our December show, we're going to be talking about December 25th show. Um, We're going to be talking about reflecting for the new year and New Year's Eve and um, a little meditation, a little visioning activity, um, and also sort of talking a little bit about how we um, as people and healers out in the world like to celebrate the transition from one year to the next and sort of what we're grieving maybe that we can't do this year because of COVID and and sort of what we want to offer as intentions in 2021. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I'm very excited about that show. Yeah, we'll have fun. Yeah. And today I have a very, very special guest who I'm so excited to have with us. Her name is Kelly Vogel of Sound Passage, and she does healing work through sound. So a perfect radio uh, guest. So welcome, Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to hear you both. Absolutely. Such a pleasure. Yeah, so good to have you on the show, Kelly. I'm excited for our conversation in this hour. Um, So Kelly, you have started Sound Passage. You've been in music and you're um, a local musician and you also have a background in literature. So tell me a little bit about you and um, how you got here and what is Sound Passage? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's a lot to say. I am, I have been um, a literature teacher for a lot of my career. That's kind of where I got started. Um, I, you know, it's funny, I didn't discover my like deep love of singing until well into my 20s. Um, But I was already sort of on the on the path to becoming a literature teacher. And so I was doing that for a really long time. But I developed a parallel life kind of as I was doing that. So I was developing my teaching um, and working again as a literature teacher, a writing teacher. And what I really loved about that was helping students develop the power of their voice in the classroom and in writing. And one of my favorite things as a teacher still is helping to foster connection and communication in a classroom and just fostering live debate and, you know, 
all kinds of uh, just allowing a lot of different voices space in the classroom. And then alongside of that, as I said, I had a parallel life as a musician. I was I've been a singer and engaged in singing since I was a kid and I've always played the piano. And so in my 20s and I also started writing my own music performing solo and playing with bands. And so that has always been a really powerful way um, to tap into my self-expression, as is the case for many, many, many people around the world. Um, And I have kind of played with this duality, as so many people do, of having a vocation and an avocation and trying to enjoy them simultaneously and also potentially weave them together and that's sort of where sound passage has come it's a practice um that i developed with a really good friend of mine robin cody um and we were talking at some point over maybe like four or five years ago and just talking about our shared love of music and improv and exploration artistic exploration and we thought it would be fun to just find a studio and play with sound and she is also a dancer and so just what would happen and so we met and we just started to sing and we started a little bit of movement but it ended up being a much more musical endeavor and we started to sing and make sounds and if you've been in a choir before or experienced any kind of music sometimes you just kind of get picked up by the sound and you can find sound with each other and if you've had some musical training it ends up being a sort of organic experience so I know it's not it's not something that happens with everybody but that is what happened with us that we just started to sing a note and the other person would find a note and soon it was fluid and organic and became this wonderful kind of cathartic experience of singing and and for we, people who are uh, listening on the radio and can't see Kelly with her beautiful hand gestures, a lot of her description of how that kind of rhythm of the music and the interaction with each other was very, um, very braided and kind of rhythmic within itself too. That I don't know. I feel like I got a, a great visual description uh, that uh, that the listeners didn't get to have, um, but I wanted to share that um, how you kind of moved. It was very much across your chest and and moving your hands and uh, in a very braided fashion so um i just wanted to say that quickly yeah thank you um yeah that's how it felt i mean it was rhythmic it was um organic it was natural it was you know there's just a lot of spirit in the whole experience of it and so we decided it was really fun what just happened let's meet again and try it and so we have continued to to meet weekly and now for about four four years um it's been kind of incredible and so sound passage has come out of that we're not doing sound passage together but it has been um a direct result of that shared practice um and so what i'm doing with sound passage now is hosting workshops and helping people to find their own voice um through workshops that are in some ways really exploratory but a little more gentle than just being thrown into a room and and starting to sing. So my practice of singing is very different than what the workshops themselves look like. Yeah, very um, cool. So just I'm kind of curious because you come from this liter- literary 
um, you know, teach this, you have both, you have two really strong sort of arts in your background, um, the literary arts um, and being an English teacher. And then um, you said you sort of came to sound later, but, you know, we're singing when you were young and, you know, piano lessons and all that kind of stuff. And I'm kind of just, I'm struck by why sound, like why was sound the mechanism for exploration and voice um, in sort of your creative practice and in your healing work? Um, why did that, why was that your, your place to go? You know, it's funny because, and I, I have been kind of thinking about this a lot. Um, my mom was a community college teacher, which is the route that I followed later. My dad um, had a lecture series where he would bring people in to give talks. And um, and they were like talking heads. They were politicians and journalists and and artists and so the the power of each person's story was um kind of implicit it, it was important implicitly to me when i was growing up in the sense that at least from my from where my mom was coming from i was hearing about her students stories and what they were writing about um so that in tandem with what my dad was doing made a huge impression on me, the, the power of story. But I also admit that I didn't, I didn't really know what my voice was and I didn't really know what my story was. It took me a really like a while to find it. Um, and so I loved singing and I loved exploring music. Uh, and it was always in the background for me and always came with some facility but I didn't necessarily find my power and my passion until a little bit later. Mm. Um, I was always writing music. I was in bands and I was in this wonderful gospel choir for like 10 years in the Bay Area and just loved it. But I didn't really see it as my path. Um, and in some ways, I feel a little bit like a late bloomer that it's sort of, you know, I'm here as many years later that I'm really engaged and excited about this path but it it has it took a little while but it's somewhere somewhere along the line i i just really fell in love with music and i will say too that i think sound passage and this process of singing um has brought it out in no small part it was the opportunity to get into a room to sing freely to feel like there were very few parameters and rules and guidelines around what my voice was supposed to sound like and what my song was supposed to be and how loud or how quiet I was supposed to be. It was incredibly freeing. Um, That's very cool. And that, yeah, that, I mean, that piece is what has really, for me, been the spark behind this practice. That's um, beautiful. Is, yeah. Do you have any moments um, that really surprise yourself when you're in in those spaces of kind of no limitations? Like, do you have any interesting examples of um, of like those like, whoa, kind of moments? It happens all the time, to be honest. It really happens all the time. But I would say, um, especially in those early, like the first year um of doing it, we would each bring a journal and sing and sing and have so much to write afterwards. And so just as an example, we would, you know, we would sing 
and the sound would get really, really loud at times. And I had so much anxiety about that. Am I being too loud? Is this bothering other people? Is this, um, and are people going to make fun of me if they hear me? Um, what if, what if this is disturbing? Like all of the feelings that come with being too loud. Um, and that's such a like womanly thing that we're taught all the time yeah. is to like be quiet, you know, like you're being too loud. That's such a huge thing. It was a huge thing. And I've had my fair share of social anxiety and trying to figure out where to fit in. And so having that very literal experience of feeling afraid of putting my voice in the world was really eye-opening. But I also, in those moments, recognized there's nobody who cares right now. It's really just me. I am the one that's afraid of this experience. And I'm actually getting teary just thinking about it, <laughs> how how kind of shocking and eye-opening that was for myself to just really be free in making that kind of kind of sound. And then and then right after it could just come down into just like ha ah, and just like feel the, this incredible exhale with you know, the um, just the power of release and relief at having made that sound. So it might get really quiet right afterwards in the way that a really good cry might feel really satisfying. It's hard and it's intense. And then afterwards you feel kind of swept clean and you feel really quiet and maybe a little clearer because of it. Um, and I, there were, there's no shortage of moments that I've had like that. Um, through that experience so it was a bit of a of a of an awakening I would say that came through through that practice of sound that's beautiful I think one of the things that have that really touched me about your work was that um, I think with other art forms whether it's dance or writing you know journaling or dancing to music in your kitchen there's sort of a capacity to do an amateur version (laughs) And with sound, there's such a perfectionist um, expectation. Like even the radio show, right? We're producing sound. Um, Podcasts, we're producing sound. Um, And so being a musician is sort of also, like it's very hard to do it casually, Um, Mm -hmm. right? And there's even even playing the guitar requires some sort of expertise that you've mastered. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what I, what really spoke to me about your exploration with Robin and knowing both of you also as parents. So knowing that you're taking time, right. You're taking that extra special time to, to really um, nurture your own voice and nurture your arts away from, from your parenting role, away from your professional role and just giving yourself space to play. Um, Mm -hmm. And that play version of sound is just so appealing and and healing um Mm -hmm. it really yeah it's really beautiful yeah and that's something i i think about a lot is is that notion of the perfectionist and in in terms of our voices and in terms of of music we have this real sense in our culture about what it is to be to use your voice and what it is to to be a singer like that word instills so much fear into the hearts of people (laughs) um, because there's a sense that if you sing you better do it right you know are you a singer oh no I'm not a singer you know people have this real sense like oh no I can't do that Um, 
and and in reality like your voice is your one of your most precious tools it's so completely yours so organically a piece of you if you have power of your voice of course there are people who who don't but if you do have the the use of your voice you are able to use it in so many different ways and yet there are so many rules around it it's it's been a really it's it's an interesting that i it, it's something I really like to. And I couldn't help but reflect so much that when we're doing work, um, helping people access parts of themselves that have been hidden or they haven't had freedom to play with, we almost have to like come into that realization ourselves first. Um, and I was thinking about how um, Caroline found Reiki that way and how I found life coaching that way. And so it sort of made perfect sense when you think about it in that capacity that you found sound in that same way where you sort of had to explore it and play with it yourself so that you could then become a teacher, which is so magical and is such an incredible offering that you're providing in our community right now. Um, and doing the self-healing work that comes up, like you were talking about that perfectionist aspect of yourself that really can put us into these rigid um, poses. And, you know, I, I'm a little nosy. I How did you break through that perfectionist wall? Because I very much struggle with that, too. Not with music, but in other aspects of my life. And how, how did you find that, um, that space to, to break through those perfectionist um, tendencies, Kelly? I don't know that I've broken through it. <laughs> it's a real work in progress. Um, but the voice stuff has helped me um, navigate that piece quite a bit and feeling like, okay, this is all a work in progress. Um, and I mean, I will also say that I'm a, I'm a learning specialist and one in my other work here in the Valley. And I work with students around this issue all the time. Like, what does it mean to be a perfectionist and how are the, what are the ways that we um, get in our own way when we're a perfectionist and how does being a perfectionist sometimes limit us from the real marrow of what we're capable of because we have such high standards that we're not really appreciating the the stuff in between. There's that expression, perfectionism is the enemy of the good that maybe you're mm. familiar with. Um, so there's that piece. Um, but for me personally, I feel like it's always something I'm kind of navigating. Um, I, I'm, I feel grateful that I have people in my life who are like, no, this is good. Like you should, you should do this. This, this sounds good. Your work is good. It's good enough. And, and certainly being in the pandemic, I'm, you know, I feel like it's kind of forcing us to be in a place where like our best is good enough right now. Very I mean, true. what we're doing is good enough. Um, so I don't have a perfect answer to that question other than, you know, I recognize that it's a, it's a work in progress and it's also a real cultural experience. It's, it's really, we are really taught this idea of perfectionism in our culture yeah. and it's hard to get around. I totally, we have so, a lot of unlearning to do around that. I totally hear that. So if I was, in, so if I was, I'm a listener to the radio's, show today on energy matters and i am totally sold on you know on this idea of sound and exploration and play um and i'm curious about your work but really anxious about the idea of playing with sound in my own life and my own voice um can you walk me through what working with you 
would feel like, um, or maybe even a simple, very beginner exercise that you might do with a student? Yeah, I I will say that the work, uh, the the practice that I have um, in the studio that I do personally and that I do, you know, with Robin is is this very expansive, free form thing that we have practice and gotten to over a, over many years and when I work with students I I try to have it be as gentle and um connected as possible and also as a teacher just knowing that like you start with pieces and you do one piece at a time so to when I work with students and when I work with groups we always you know we do some kind of greetings but we always start with the breath and we talk about deep breathing and the and we do some belly breathing to get grounded um so you know we might greet we're we're doing it on zoom so we would greet each other and then i'm you know soon enough like sitting on a cushion i invite people to sit in a chair on a cushion and so we do breathing exercises and just kind of get again grounded in the body um and then we might do some deep breathing with some sound so we might do a gentle inhale through the nose i'll do some now do we breathe in yeah, through you got the two nose? students right here so yeah so let's it. do it yeah so you're gonna breathe in through the nose and then you're gonna exhale on a gentle uh, so <sighs> like a, just a gentle just like it's the end of your day you're just relaxing so breathing in through the nose and into the belly and then exhaling on uh, yeah. I hope just letting it come out as naturally this. and organically as it wants to it can be as long or as short as it wants to it doesn't have to you're not pushing or forcing the breath in any way um, so we would really start with some real gentle breathing and another exercise we would do at the very beginning is um well something that has been a lot of people love is face massage which is such a <laughs> gentle thing and doesn't really in, in engage with much sound making but it feels really good and it warms up the face so we could do some of that mm -hmm. you just put your fingers <laughs> on your jaw and just do some gentle circular mo movements which i realize doesn't have any sound for our listeners but if our listeners are wanting can, to engage you can with feel that. our the energy yeah. of relaxation yes of relaxing. Radio studio. and there's some wonderful connection between um the jaw muscle and the pelvis there's a, a fascia a connection with between the fascia and i'm not an expert in this but i have read quite a bit about this connection and and especially that women in labor are often um are encouraged to do a face massage or a jaw massage because it helps the cervix it helps the pelvis relax so it can co it connects to all different parts of the body i so do know that your, face your smile your smile does connect right down to um the the very very bottom of your digestive center oh really yeah yeah was such a classy there way a, of saying that thank you the very very bottom <laughs> i was like i don't know if this is i know it's a body part but i'm just gonna be legal about how i word this <laughs> so ina may gaskin is she the mm -hmm. she's, she's the, the dual right? yep, she has yep. a yeah, she has a term for that. So I don't, I don't know. 
sure we could oh, probably I forget. Say it, but. I, I read her book. <laughs> we'll I was a doula yes, for a while, and I read her bottom. Book. That's right. We'll put it. So in the yeah, show you're smiling. Yeah. So when you start to relax your your face, you're really tapping into that. Um, and so we do quite a bit of of this, um, and it's not sound based, so I won't do too much there. But it's it can feel really lovely. So this is sort of um, just a, a gentle couple fingers across the temples. I'm just um, sort of showing, you know, sort of the, the circular motions across, across the jaw and then just uh, kind of working your, your way up um, is sort of what I'm seeing Kelly do. Yes. Thank you. And then another thing is to, um, first of all, think about your, one of your favorite foods. So what's a, what's a food that either of you just love? Bananas. <gasps> bananas oh nice what about you Beth? um i have this this tea guys tea that i make every afternoon mm. it's like a it's like a sweet tea yeah Yum. so, so i just heard caroline that. say uh caroline say hmm so when you think of your favorite like treat or your favorite food you might go mm. mm-hmm. so we'll we'll go we'll make that sound mm. thinking mm. about our favorite food and so now i'm gonna ask you to place your your fingers um on your sinuses, right underneath your eyes and alongside your nose, and just make that sound and maybe just hold it for a moment. Mm. Feel the resonance in your face there. Yeah, I can definitely feel that vibration going right through my fingers there. Yeah, and then put your hands on your cheeks and make the sound again. Mm. And then so we start to play around with other places and start to explore this resonance maybe alongside like either side of the the neck underneath the jawline cool and then top of the head is another place and just kind of feeling where you know some places have stronger resonance than others Mm. but just engaging people with this with the idea that sound making is not a foreign or it doesn't have to be a foreign or a scary idea. We're making sounds all the time. We're resonating all the time. Um, it's very gentle and welcoming. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's very soothing, right? And these are organic, natural sounds. Um, do you want another little exercise? I do have a quick question about that exercise. Yeah, please. So yeah. the the is it the connecting our hands to our face that is sort of connecting our hands to the sound? Is it kind of bringing our awareness into the different areas of the body that the sound is resonating? Like, how does that exercise really help us warm up? Like, what's being what's happening there? Part of it is to call awareness for the individual to the fact that the body is resonating all the time. It's to engage the, the person with the, the notion of the self as a resonator and a vibrant, um, vibrating force, really. <laughs> so, you know, when, when we feel like I'm not at, like, I can't sing, I, you know, this is a scary idea. This is a way to introduce the experience of sound making in a really gentle way where we just start to get in touch with our own capacity as a resonator. Um, So we're just doing it through the simple sounds of pleasure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there probably is more to it than that. I mean, I love this idea like that we're touching our face. and, And honestly, you know, that's something probably for me to explore. Like, what does that, you know, how does that connect? But really, it's the act of just getting in touch with your own capacity for for sound making, um, which is why I often start with that, because it's, it's very gentle. 
it's a very gentle exercise for getting started. Yeah, I also Especially, just love that even, sorry, I interrupted you, Kelly. I just no, love that even in, in, I think it's so easy, and you said this, like, I'm not a songwriter, I'm not a singer. It's so recognizing that even by making a simple, like, mmm, sound, we are already vocalizing and, you know, without doing anything new or, you know, we are, we can just notice how powerful, I mean, you said vibrating force and I wrote it down because I was like, what a powerful mm. phrase, like, <laughs> that even with doing things we already do, we are, you know, so much more powerful than we realize. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it is just like the recognition of what's happening all the time, all of the energy that we are that we are expressing constantly and the way that our body is vibrating in this really um, vibrant way. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, sorry, we're just doing a little. No, it's okay. I can, I, we I, could yeah, go ahead. More exercises. I have one. I have... actually want to pivot a teeny bit. Maybe we can do another exercise yeah. after the next break. Yeah. I, I'm, I was struck on your website, you talk about sort of three steps to what you do. One is permission, which I think we've talked about a lot, which is that, you know, women maybe don't in particular don't feel like they have permission to make sound or that we have to do it in a perfectionist way. One is making the sound. And then the third was body movement. And I guess I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about in particular how those last two go together. Um, and sort of why all three. Yeah, yeah. So the permission has has everything to do with what we talked about. And then that that really is the groundwork for the next two. So the sound making, of course, is just the processes that we talk about. But, you know, we're we're multifaceted beings, we're we're complicated, we we move in real time. And so when we add the movement to the sound, we help to engage the body a lot more um and so rather than just sitting in a position and making sound or laying on the on the floor which again is like another part of um how i work with people we start to move around and get used to engaging the body um with sound and so we i'm starting to move a lot as i talk about it um just to kind of get used to the the way that our our body um, moves in time and the way that we are just multifaceted beings um, using movement. I don't know if that's a very yeah, clear I think, answer. I mean, it's all, um, I guess you're saying it's sort of all interconnected, all of the pieces. It's all interconnected. Yes. And I will also say that, you know, it was always interesting for me working with Robin because she's a dancer and I, you know, here I am saying like anybody can sing, but I am definitely somebody who said like, I am not a dancer. This is not my thing. Mm -hmm. And so this practice of like using movement also woke me up to the simplicity and the, the naturalness of um, using the body and moving um, freely in space. So the, the integration of both of those help us just get more, more connected to the to the ex the somatic experience um, of sound. That's beautiful. Um, so Kelly, I guess I, I had um, you know a question like how would how would somebody really know that like yes this is like the right time for me to start exploring my voice and sounds like how do like what's that kind of signal that people would be saying inside of themselves that like would really want to turn to your work? I think there's. Anybody who is 
I mean, I, I feel like it's for anybody at any time. Um, only because, you know, if you're a singer and you want to explore your voice, there is that, you know, there's that call to explore more more deeply. If somebody is feeling like I I am not in touch with my voice, I um wow, I wish I was speaking up more, or wow, I wish, you know, at work I wanted to to uh put myself out there a little bit more. Um I want to speak up. I want to be heard a little bit more. I have some projects I want to, you know, pursue. I'm feeling nervous. I don't quite know how to do it. I want to um, get some, um, engage with a little bit more power in the world. Um, that's a time when somebody might might feel um, called to use, uh, to practice working with the voice. Um, I mean, it's a metaphor, of course, you know, so if you are not feeling like you're in touch with your voice in the world, whatever that means for you, there's an opportunity to explore, explore that. Um, maybe it's a love relationship. You feel like you just want to be a little bit more clear. You're not being heard. You want to find ways to just like tap into your, to your voice. In, in the love relationship situation, would you would this be something that like romantic partners would would do uh, together, or would this be things that they would probably choose to do as individuals to bring to be able to bring their own voice into the relationship? It's a great question. I haven't worked with couples, but I think it would be an amazing experience because it can be so deep and so rich and so personal, um, and part of what happens is that you get so deeply in touch with yourself um, that to share that experience with somebody else could be really, really lovely. I mean, I love, you know, connecting with people at the beginning of the hour or however long the workshop is. And, you know, everybody has their, you know, they, they're looking very um, sociable and kind and just the way that we present ourselves to the outside world. And then at the end of the hour, people's eyes are so soft and, and they're just, their whole expression is so shifted. Um, maybe like after a yoga class or a good workout or something, there's just this lovely connectiveness after a workshop. And so for, for a couple to do that together, I think it would be really wonderful. I would love to facilitate that. Great question. <laughs> um, so I think just sort of following up on that, in part because we're spending so much time on Zoom these days and interacting with our voice instead of our bodies, mm. um, do you have any recommendations for folks who are, you know, burnt out on Zoom meetings of sort of staying connected with themselves while using this medium or um, staying, uh, I don't know, a little more empowered in their voice when they can't connect with their bodies? Yeah, I... I'm such a fan of using this work as a way to recharge. Um, I am putting up a handful of videos, you know, every couple of weeks um, for people to tap into ways to, to use exercises to, for that reason, exactly. Um, you know, some of the little exercises we just did or like the humming is a nice tool, but, you know, to just try a, exercise like between zoom calls can be so rejuvenating um sometimes you know just closing zoom turning our 
you know, finding an open space and just making some gentle sounds, humming. Um, one of the exercises I do with people often is lip trills, um, like, and that is a really powerful exercise. And so, Kelly, that's like radio gold. You can do that again if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> I love that. That like brought me just so much joy right there. It did, right? We both started just smiling, like grinning, <laughs> like goofy grinning. Um, I mean, it has this incredible resonance within the body. It's it's like the a beeline right to this like wonderful sort of resonance and vibration in the body. And so just doing that for two minutes is a really, really wonderful tool for getting reengaged. Um that's magic. So, yeah, it's it's oh. really easy. You know, it's a really lovely direct way to tap into the body. So you mentioned yeah. you have workshops and these videos. Tell tell us what you're offering these days, or um, and how people can find you. I have been leading Tuesday classes for a, quite a while, and so I'm continuing to do that through the end of the year. Um, and those are I, all, all virtual classes. Yes, at the moment everything is online. Yep. On Zoom. Um, I will be doing a five-week class starting in January. Um, and I'm working right now on a number of different collaborations with people. And that's kind of forthcoming. But um, I'm just having so much fun connecting with people in different circles around how to use a voice. Some of that is racial justice. Um, some of that is, is health-related. Um, some of that is in academia. So there's, there's a, a lot of wonderful uh, opportunities to use the voice. And I'm having a lot of fun exploring that's, all of them. But they are, uh, the, the things that I'm working on right now are, are on my website. Awesome. And then that workshop that starts in January, is would that be starting, is that sort of a beginner workshop, someone who's um, intrigued to play with their voice and you're going to sort of do those like humming exercises or is uh, is that a little bit more advanced? Who's sort of the target yeah, there? Thank you. That's a good question. Right now, because it's such a new modality, the work that I'm doing is quite gentle and quite stru quite structured and very much like a beginner level. And it'll be scaffolded gently for people to explore a little bit more throughout the five weeks. Um, but as I always do in any of my classes, whether it's academic or a sound passage class, there's always options for people to tap in at whatever level they are, um, they are at. That's part of the permission. Like you can just be who you are. If you just want to breathe and that's what you're comfortable with, that's fine. Um, if you want to sing to the rafters, that's fine too. But uh, people can can explore at their at their desire um, or at their you know whatever pace works for them but I will start very gently and um, build from there and because and, sorry oh, I will also say that I'm, oh, I'm working on a number of modules too in in January too where there will be kind of different levels for people to engage and that's kind of a that's in progress awesome um and just because everything is virtual these days, the the workshop classes are those mute button on classes or mute button off classes? Ooh. Yes, that's a good question. It's all mute button 
off. Um, but the beginning, we connect, we say hello, how are you, all of that stuff. Um, it's just nice to see who else is there. And then the mute button goes on. Did I say that right? Yeah. So the, the mute button is on. So everybody is silenced. Um, and I think that feels very comfortable for a lot of people. People have the option to have video on or off. Um, and then at the end, we come back together and just kind of connect, like, how are you feeling in your body and just make a little a warm connection. And then then we're off. So it's just the beginning and end. Um, otherwise, people are muted. Beautiful. A lot of permission to do what feels good there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Uh, and do you want to say your website so folks know where, where it is? Sure. Yeah. It's kellystewartvogel.com. Um, K-E-L-L-Y. Stewart is S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Vogel, V as in Victor, O-G-E-L.com. It's a little wordy, I realize. Um, people can also just search for Sound Passage um, and can find me that way. That's awesome. Um, if you were, you know, if someone was listening to this and we've talked about a lot of different components and pieces of sound and permission and movement and exercises, what would be like one thing you'd love them to sort of take from the conversation? Uh, one sort of offering to themselves that they could take into their, their weekend? Well, I, I, my goal is for people to, to love their voice. Like I want people to love their voice. It's an important aspect of every being. It's your thumbprint in the world in some ways. And so um, I want people to know they have permission to, to love their voice and to know that there are ways to do that. And there are tools um, and opportunities to tap into that. Um, we don't readily come across those opportunities often in our culture, but it's there. It's definitely there. And when you say um, you want people to really love their voice, is that the the literal kind of singing voice, the kind of, you know, the thing that helps us communicate in the world or the, the metaphorical uh, voice that kind of represents our truth and, and that side of... That's a really good question. I realize that it's a complicated. There are aspects that are complicated around that. Um, I want people to be able to enjoy the sound and the power that they have in their, in the sound of their voice, and to recognize that that the voice is a healing modality. Also, um, so to to feel the the resonance and the power of their own voice as um, a healing modality and so to love that that power very cool very nice so are there any other last words of wisdoms you want to throw out into the universe on this friday evening um yeah i i think it's just interesting you know how we idealize singers often in our culture i think we tapped into that earlier but we have this idea that like there are the singers out there and those are the people on the stages and they're the people who watch um, but there's this wonderful place in between that, you know, that we should all be able to engage in and to explore. Um, and so, you know, I, I hope to find channels through, through there, in there to help kind of find that space in between where we can all enjoy making sounds with our voice and, and uh, engaging playfully and creatively with our voices. 
That's beautiful. Love it. Uh, well, thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on this show. Um, and if people are just tuning in and just tuning into Energy Matters, we've been chatting with Kelly Vogel. And um, Kelly, you might have to correct me on the spelling of your website, but um, K-E-L-L-Y, Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T-V-O-G-E-L.com. So uh, Kelly, Stewart, Vogel, um, com, And, you know, there's, there's lots uh, more information if people are curious and, and want to continue to explore. Um, but thank you so much for, for coming on the show today on to Energy Matters and, and sharing what you do. Um, if, if people are just tuning in right now and want to catch the rest of this episode, um, the archives, every show is recorded and the archives go on to ReikiNorthampton.com backslash radio dash archives. And if there's podcast listeners out there, you can always find the Energy Matters podcast pretty much anywhere that you download podcasts. It's available on so many platforms, um, and that those shows uh, that the show will be up uh, next Friday. So it's about a week turnaround time. Um, but um, and thank you, Beth, for being yeah, here for as well. Me. And thank you, Kelly. It's been such a pleasure to have this conversation. And thank you. Uh, I learned a lot. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure to yeah. talk with you both. Um, Beth, what are what have you been up to lately? Anything anything newsworthy? Oh, I just ran a fabulous free workshop with It Takes a Village, which is a local nonprofit that supports families um, right. so that they don't feel so isolated. Um, so we did one on reclaiming joy, self-care, and letting go for caregivers uh, with the holiday season. Amazing. Um, it was really fun. What have you been up to? Um, I have been um, teaching a lot and doing a lot of uh, distance distance healings. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just sent out a beautiful free offering for home um, for home clearings. Yep, I sent out uh, one a, a nice uh, hour long recording for um, for folks on my newsletter. So That's that was beautiful. that was really fun. So so be well, everyone. <laughs>